Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name is Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. What's going on, my projectors? My name is Tim Doyle. Welcome to the show. Today, this week, we have a person that's coming on the podcast that I've been friends with a long time. Um, I can't even remember what age we met. I know that we were young, maybe in our early preteens or even before that. We uh, met at a camp, a summer camp, and we've become very close friends. And now we're in our going into our 30s, and we're still very close. And we talk about sports pretty much every single day. So I thought, hey, let's bring this guy on the podcast and uh, have uh, him teach you guys a, a thing or two about fantasy football because he he tends to dominate in pretty much every fantasy football realm that I've seen him play in. And he texted me because I, I talked about him coming on the podcast before and him saying, no, no, you're, you're going to hype me up. Now I have to live up to the challenge, and I think he'll be fine. He, he's pretty knowledgeable. He's a great friend, a great person, um, Caleb Maciel. What's going on, Caleb? What's up, Tim? Glad hey, to be here. I'm glad to have you on. And and uh, another thing I just wanted to say real quick, because just how uh, close uh, Caleb and I, we, we were we're in this group chat that we talk with five, uh, four other guys that uh, we've been talking, well, how to say, seven, eight years now, consist- yeah, consistently. Now that we, before, we used to like always hang out and meet up every once in a while. Now we got group chat going for about eight years. We talk pretty much either either every day or every other day, but... Uh, a really cool thing that Caleb did for me when I was in um, basic military training, one of the coolest sports things that's ever happened to me, is I received uh, a letter from him and a bunch from my other friends, but he, he gave me a detailed written out message of the NBA Finals because it was during the time it was the NBA Finals and I didn't know what was going on in the world or anything. You don't really, you don't have access to anything. You don't really know. He gave me this like long descriptive game by game of everything that happened, which just just shows a true testament of who he is as a person taking the time to do something like that. But he's coming out of the show just like uh, Ray did and Rick's the last couple weeks to come on and make some picks in the NFL. We're going to talk a little bit of NBA, and then we're also going to get into some fantasy football, which is why he's the guru. You know, he's the guru. He wins championships. That's all he does. What do you say? (laughs) You won three in one year? Uh, Last year, I won three. You won three. I won three, including Listen, our league. So I still have my trophy right here. I'm looking at. From if, <laughs> if anyone says that fantasy football is luck or you can't be consistent or whatever, it's just you're wrong. It's all GM skills. When tough things happen, you learn to adjust and, and you make the best of it. And I've always been a proponent of that. You know, people make excuses, but like for so for example, my father, he's been consistent. He hasn't. Did he? I think he won one one year, but every single year he comes out with a really good team. And it just shows it consistently who's paying attention to the waiver wire and all that, that all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Your dad is a your dad is pretty good himself. Yeah, he is. He'll take he'll take a player that no one's like really think will have a good year, and he'll draft him. And you're like, oh man, that was a weird pick. Like <laughs> yeah. like like Tannehill, for example, this year. I mean, not that not that Tannehill we didn't think was going to play well with the Titans this year, but you know the level of what he's, he's having. He's killing it. He's, he's not just playing well. He's no, killing he's it. killing it. He's consistent, and it's like, ah oh, man. My father did it again. It's just annoying it sometimes. And, and it's, play, it's players like that that are when you, in the draft to go really late, especially quarterback, really late in the draft. You don't even have to spend any high pick on them. 
Exactly. And they Free- turn out to be a top five quarterback at the end of the season. Which- and it, it frees up all those early picks for some of those, you know, star players that you can get on either wide receiver or running back. That you- exactly right. There's definitely an element of luck in fantasy, of course. Of but course. There's definitely a lot of strategy and different different things you can do. Um, there's different strategies that I I always do in almost all my leagues that I'll be happy to share once we get to talking to talking yeah. about fantasy. So I guess we could just jump right into making the the week seven picks. <laughs> And uh, we're just going to go down the list of all the games this week, and we'll save some of the gems. So just just like with all the other guys I've had on here, Cowboys fan was Rick's, Indianapolis Colts fan was Ray. I try to get people who are not Patriots fans like myself, and Caleb is a, likes the Patriots, watch the Patriots, but he is first and foremost a Tennessee Titans fan. So that's his, yes, uh, his claim to fame there, and they're actually playing very well the past couple seasons. So first game we're going to tackle heading into these picks real quick it's eagles and giants caleb who do you got in this first matchup man the the giants are just so bad right now very bad i just being from you know the boston area i just love it that the new york teams the giants and the jets are just so bad and at the bottom of the nfl i don't know how those new york teams just can't get it together but i have to pick the eagles the eagles haven't been too hot either but They've been in it. They, they played pretty well against um, Baltimore last week and okay against Pittsburgh the week, the week before that. So I'll definitely take the Eagles at home to take this one. Yeah, I, I've got the same sentiments as you with this. The Eagles are, you know, they've had spurts and they've got some promising players. they got Carson Wentz, whereas the Giants are just... Saquon's out. There's not really too much promise there. The season kind of seems right. already lost. And the division, this game is a huge matchup for them. So yeah, I actually had high hopes for the Giants coming in with uh, yeah, it was Danny Danny Dimes and Saquon, but yeah, exactly, they just fell off. So first first uh, seven weeks of the season has been a lot. There's been a lot of changes within the NFL. Yep. Uh, next next uh, up on the board, we got the Saints and Panthers. Who do we got here? For me, I'm taking the Saints. I I think they're pretty solid. They're coming off a bye week. Um, they're getting Michael Thomas back as well, which I think is going to be a big help for their offense. And to me, the Panthers are one of those teams that has probably overachieved a little bit so far this year. They were winning games without Christian McCaffrey with his injury. Um, but I think they're kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. And that's why I'm taking the Saints. Still still in my thunder on that one. I, I was going to say the same exact thing. They, they had that first game after Christian McCaffrey got hurt, and then they kind of went on a high. And now they've definitely fallen back down, and they're kind of trying to find themselves again and probably looking to Christian McCaffrey to come back and and help them. But I'm also going to take the Saints on this one as well. Um, What do we got for Jets and Bills? I mean, this one should be (laughs) Not much to talk about here. The Jets are the worst team in the league by far, I think. So go with the Bills. We're going to go with a quick Bills pick here and just kind of move on because, yeah, we don't want to waste our time. Uh, What do you think about the Bengals and Browns? This one should be a good matchup. I think so too. They, the game they had earlier this year was pretty good. Joe Burrow came out, and even though they lost, uh, he put up a good performance. And I'm definitely taking the Bengals in this one to, to uh, as a revenge game, I guess. Revenge game, Cincinnati. Cincinnati needs a win too, and I think that they're hungrier than the Browns are. And I think the Browns got some internal issues and stuff like that. So, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Bengals as well. I like Joe Burrow as long as he gets protection. Up front and the offensive line, he should be good to go. He showed that they can they have spurts of, you know, leading and advancing with the with the firepower that they have with that offense. So 
I really feel that it's a, it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals that are going to win this game. They, they can't afford to lose. They don't want to lose to another division opponent again, and they're ready to go. Next up, we got the Washington football team versus the Dallas Cowboys. Another division matchup that should be a good game. What do we got here? Can we just say real quick how bad the NFC East is in general? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, they're pretty they're pretty poor, all of them. And Man, they're... Their best team right now is the Cowboys at two and four. They're in the playoffs, which is yes, crazy. with best team with the backup quarterback Andy Dalton, who it could be a starter in the league too. But it's right. still, still embarrassing. the The entire division is embarrassing. Right. So, uh, so for me, I, I expect Dalton to come back a little bit better than he did um, in his first game. He he just has a history of just being awful in primetime games. You know, the Monday night, Sunday night games. He just Always bad. So I, f- I feel like he'll come back a little bit stronger, but I'm still taking Washington in this, in this one. Um, being at home and I just yeah, that le- I don't know. It's it's kind of a toss up, but I'm gonna take Washington. Oh, that's that's a that's a good pick. I got a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans that listen to this podcast. Um, so uh, me personally, I I think that there might be a little bit of a a fire underneath them with people talking talking on how bad they are. Uh, and I'm going to take the Cowboys. This is our first difference here. I'm going to take the Cowboys on this one. I know they're playing. The Washington football team is playing at home. But I think for Zeke, it's a bounce-back week for him after having two fumbles and re- re-energizing, re-channeling. And it, what really it is for me is Mike McCarthy to see if he can – it's probably his last hope. Like, he's really got to motivate this team, or he might be fired within the first year. He's got to, he's got to show up. Yes, you have adversity. You had Dak Prescott go down. But at the same time, for me, I'm going to pick the Dallas Cowboys to win this game because they're going to want it more because – Mike McCarthy's going to put pressure on him. For sure. Um, all right, so we got Texans and Packers. Who do we got for the Texans and Packers game? I'm actually taking the upset here with the Texans. All right. Ever since, ever since um, uh, Bill O'Brien got fired, I feel like the Texans kind of turned it up. They got that fire. Yeah, uh, they got that first win last week, and they played a great game against Tennessee, went into overtime, and I feel like Deshaun Watson's kind of coming into his own now. And I guess Bill O'Brien was just holding them back, honestly. So yeah. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the upset here with it the looked it looked like Watson was finally Watson again after you know waiting so long to see it this season. I just uh, I feel like I feel like the same. Uh, but I know you're taking I know you're taking the Texans here. I'm gonna take the Packers, not to just be the flip side, but I really do believe that the Packers need to bounce back win after getting dismantled against the Buccaneers and. Having a great start, the, the Buccaneers game, but then kind of just retracted and played very lethargic. The offensive yeah. line was poor. Hopefully they can make adjustments. I know mm-hmm. a few Packers uh, offensive linemen were banged up and injured, and hopefully they can come back with a bounce-back win. Yeah, that was an awful game by the Packers for it, sure. I expect them was. to bounce back. This is I, I expect this to be a very high-scoring game. So I it hope should be so. a lot of fun. Because I also got Aaron Rodgers going again, so I really hope, <laughs> I really hope for my fantasy team it's a high-scoring game. Um, moving on to the Falcons and Lions. Um, who do we got here? To me, another high-scoring game, I would think, and I'm actually taking the Lions on this one. Um, I believe they're coming off a, they just came off a bye, if I'm not mistaken, and you know Matt Stafford is pretty consistent. They got, uh, I think they got the good offense, and the big thing they got going for them is their their rookie running back Swift kind of came on pretty good last week, so yeah. we'll see if he can uh, repeat that this weekend. Atlanta, Atlanta's defense is just awful, I think, and they just find a way usually find ways to lose games so i'm going to take the lines yeah that's that's would be more of the sure pick too matthew stafford they've lost a lot of close games this year too and the ones that they did lose i'm going to take the lions as well i just don't believe in the 
Falcons team, I'm probably not going to pick them for the rest of the year unless it's like I like the good matchup and I, I like Matthew Stafford and what he's got, like you said, the running back as well with Swift and just the, the young team, the good coaching. They've lost a lot of close games. I don't think they're as bad as their record shows. So same sentiments. We're going to skip over the next game uh, on here. We're going to go straight to the Cardinals and Seahawks. Who do you got for the Cardinals and Seahawks? I'll get this one quick. I'm taking the Seahawks. They're coming off their bye weekend. They look like one of the best teams in the NFL so far. All right. The Seahawks. I like it too. Uh, you know, for me, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, they're just very up and down. I don't know what I'm going to get out of them. So I'm going the similar way. Like I always know Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, what I'm going to get with the Seahawks. So I'm going to pick them as well. Uh, moving on to the Broncos and Chiefs. Who do you got here? For me, this is an easy one. I'm taking the Chiefs for sure. I just don't think Denver's offense can keep up with that high-powered Chiefs offense. Yeah. I'm taking the Chiefs as well. I am predominantly for the reason I want them to smoke the Broncos, to bring them back down to earth after beating the Patriots. Just a little salty about it. It's whatever. <laughs> but I'm taking the Chiefs. Obviously, they're not. the Broncos are not a good football team. They played a poor Patriots team that didn't really show up to perform. Not really sure what happened there. But uh, all right, we got the next matchup here. Jaguars and Chargers. Who do you got here? I like the Chargers in this one. Um, pretty excited for the Chargers and Justin Herbert. He looks like to, like he's the real deal. So it's going to be nice to see him uh, kind of come to his own this season and see what the Chargers can do. I don't expect too much from the Chargers this season. Um, but... You know, in the years to come, I think they'll be pretty good with the, with that quarterback. And for the charge for the um, Jaguars, I just they're just not very good, like top to bottom, offense, defense, everything. They're just not that good of a team. So, yeah, I'm gonna take the Chargers here as well. Herbert just looks good with the Chargers, and yeah, the Jaguars are so up and down. They got a good running back, but at the same time, they just don't have enough offensive power. And the Chargers are just looking fresh. They're looking good. They seem to be well run, and Herbert it looks very promising. I'm going to take the Chargers as well. Uh, next game on the board we have is the L.A. Rams versus the Chicago Bears. This should be a really good matchup. Should be a good matchup. I'm going to take the Rams on this one. To me personally, I feel like the Bears are probably the frauds of the NFL right now. They're 5-1. I don't think I don't think the record really says oh, okay. much about them. I don't think they're as good as their record shows. And just watching them play, they have a really good defense. But other than that... I don't know. I I just don't think they're gonna. I've heard they're gonna I've, keep this up. I've heard the same thing from some other people breaking that down too. When they they talk about Nick Foles and oh he's playing great, whatever, but he's making the throws that he needs to make. He's not doing anything too spectacular on the offensive side, and the Bears' defense is pretty decent. But I, I'm hearing the same thing from other people as well. So I'm gonna go with you on this one. I didn't really know exactly what I was gonna do here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the LA Rams as well. Um, so next matchup we got, I got the three last games here. I saved them specifically. We're going to go Buccaneers and Raiders first. Who do you got here? This should be a really good game as well. I, I like the Bucks in this one. Um, the, the Raiders are coming off their bye as well. So they should be, they should be ready to go. But I just feel like, I just feel like the Bucks are just on the, in a good groove right now. They're coming off a really good win against, um, the Packers. Tom Brady's looking better and better each week and mainly the Buccaneers' defense is, to me, really good. They're one of the best defenses in the league. And then also their running game this past couple of weeks with uh, Ronald Jones has been killing it. So I'm going to take I'm gonna take the Bucs. And the Raiders should put up a good fight, though, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to take the Buccaneers as well. Uh, Tom Brady just, like, fine wine, gets better as better as the season goes on. 
the the Raiders, I'm not really sure. They're, they remind me of the, the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, sometimes they can play great and they have a great offense, and other times they're just, you know, lackluster. They don't show up as, as well as they should. So I'm going to take the Buccaneers as well in this game. Um, all right, moving on to a big matchup for local reasons in New England. Uh, maybe not to everyone else, but Jimmy G and the 49ers are playing against the New England Patriots. Who do you got on this one? I definitely expect the Patriots to come back a lot stronger than they did last week against um, Denver. That was an awful performance by them, but I expect uh, Belichick to kind of get their team in line and Cam Newton to play a lot better. I know he was just coming off COVID and all that, so you kind of give him a pass for that. But um, in the, the 49ers, they're just riddled with injuries as well. They just lost their top running back in Mostert, who I think is really, really good. So, I th- And, you know, Jimmy G hasn't really been... He's been all right. He's hasn't been awesome, but should be a good storyline for sure. Jimmy G coming back to the Patriots. Yeah, it's a good storyline. Should be a good game. And I'm going to take the Patriots here. Um, the 49ers for me, um, they just, uh, Belichick knows Jimmy inside and out. Uh, the defense knows Jimmy. They practiced on him for years. And some of those, uh, lots of those core players are still in the system here. Hopefully that will play to their advantage. They can see the cues. They know what he's about to do and when he's about to do it. Uh, stuff like that. So for San Francisco, I, I, I don't think they have a chance because Bill Belichick usually doesn't lose two games in a row, and he's already done it once this season. So let's I, I really don't think right. by by the numbers it doesn't happen often. So we'll see how that goes going forward. Um, sure. I expect it to be a defensive uh, matchup for sure. Two yeah. really good defenses, and offenses are not as good as the defense, I, unless, would, I would say. Unless Cam comes to play, you know, and that could change the game completely. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the wild sure. card. If he comes out running and they can't stop him, then that's it changes the format. But we've seen that, hey, they can shut Cam down and they don't have to worry about a running game. You just stack the box, you know, try us. I mean, the 49ers can simply do that all game long. So, um, so last matchup here, I saved it, of course, because your Titans are playing in it. But also, conveniently, this is probably one of the best matchups so far uh, this week, but you know, coming into this game, it's, it's a big game. And it should be a statement win for the Titans if they win. should be a statement win for the Steelers if they win. But we got Steelers and Titans. Who you got? Yeah, definitely the game of the week. Both teams 5-0, and fighting to be undefeated for one more week. So I, I'm going to take Tennessee on this one. They're at home. Um, they're just coming off such a high on that overtime win against Houston. And, man, Derrick Henry is looking so good right now. He's kind of coming to his own. He was... A little bit slow, slow to start the season, but these last two games, he's kind of picking it up. And once he gets going, that offense is is a whole nother story. It um, is. It makes it easier for everyone around him. Oh, yeah. The the play action that they do because of Henry, um, that's, which is why I think Tannehill is just having a great season. It kind of all flows together really well. They're super well coached. Um, you know, they beat the Bills without practicing at all. And the Bills is a really good team as well. Um, and... For the Steelers, the Steelers are a great team as well. So I think this should be a really good matchup, another high-scoring game. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick the Titans to sneak off another another win. All their games have been, right. have been super close. They've been winning all their games by like less than a touchdown. So I expect another close game. Yeah, I mean, the safe pick here is to go with the Titans. I'm also going to pick them just for the similar reasons to you, Derrick Henry, well-run offense, good coaching. I mean, this team is after it, which is actually this is going to segment into our kind of our next topic and kind of want to give her a perspective of why I'm going to pick the Titans here as well uh, over the Steelers, because the Steelers are a good football team and they're they have got a lot of young talent. That's good as well. 
Um, we're going to transition to talking about the Patriots and the Titans dealing with COVID and their systems. And the reason why I took the Titans in this game is because I feel like that they're hungrier. They're more after it. You know, even even against the, the team or league rules with shutting down the facilities, they're trying to have captains practices to make sure they're prepared and ready to go for week to week. And they came out and they smashed their opponent after they had, you know, a, a week off and they had to deal with the whole COVID situation with inside their facility. And in regards to the Patriots, uh, there was just a lot of complaining to the to the league and you know, and and they had their game moved and the Broncos had to wait a week and then they came in, they only had one practice. And it's, it's just like, don't point to that. It's not an excuse. You have enough. You've got Zoom calls. You can, you can make these things happen. You're a better team than the football, than the, uh, the Denver Broncos. So I love the way that the Tennessee Titans dealt with their whole situation and let it motivate them. And I wish the Patriots would have done the same thing. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, for sure. I think all the credit goes to the players and the coaching staff of, of Tennessee because I think the onus is really mostly on the player to kind of put in the work on their own, to watch the film and, you know, just do all the things they need to do to get ready for the game. Um, and that's what they did. They came out, against, especially against Buffalo, that game, I think it was like a Tuesday night, a Tuesday night game. It was the first game after, um, after all the COVID uh, positives that they got. And they just came out blazing they came out on fire and put that game away really early on so yeah big props to them they they deserve it for sure as far as as far as the Patriots go I think I think it's a little bit different because the player their main player was um Cam Newton and he got COVID so I don't really know how he was doing or like how sick he actually got but he looked pretty lackluster in in the game against Denver um, he, so, he did. He looked like he definitely took a step back from what we saw previously and previous, like especially right. the Seahawks game. He didn't even look like the same player. So. No, like for Tennessee, they obviously they couldn't practice anything, but I, w- I would say none of their main players got COVID from what I saw. Like they still had Tannehill, they still had Henry, they still had most of their defensive players in there, starters. Um, but yeah, but you got to give them credit. You got to give them credit for putting into work, coming out, and basically. Proving that Allen Iverson was right, that practice is overrated, <laughs> and uh, just coming out and laying the smackdown on Buffalo. That's great. I mean, I I, I agree. I, I wish the Patriots took a you know a page out of that notebook and just kind of focused on what was in front of them. And maybe they were behind the scenes. Maybe they were just projecting to the news media outlet these types of things. But um, yeah, I, I hope going forward, maybe and maybe and maybe it's short sighted by myself. You know, maybe it's like, all right, yeah, they just went through, they lost a the game, they had a tough week, but you know, going down the road, they could still perform well. Maybe it will help mot- motivate them. Maybe that loss was good for them. I mean, losing sometimes can show you how mad it can make you, especially when you have that good of a defense and you just need to work on some things on the offensive side of the ball and keep getting better. I mean, that's the mantra of the New England Patriots anyway. It's like you just do your job. You learn. You get better. You grow. You might not be the best team in the league or best offense run run in the league, but just get better and grow with it and see where it takes you. So I, I'm sure those types of things are coming from uh, Belichick and his whole coaching staff. Um, For sure. Yeah, well, I, mean, I think the Patriots also – sorry to cut you off, but they um, they they kind of have a history, at least the past couple of years, of starting off kind of slow. Mm-hmm. And then kind of picking things up as the season goes along. But, you know, the big difference, obviously, is there's no Brady. So we'll see if Cam Newton can kind of, can kind of you know, like rally the troops up and start, get them to start playing well. But um, that's going to be interesting to see. I just, I just thought, it's, I'm not, like, super concerned for the past because they kind of have this history of starting off slow. Everyone's saying they're done. Everyone's crapping on them. And then they come in and then they win the Super Bowl or, or are right in it. So Exactly. It's been the mantra for the last four or five years. Same thing over right. and over. So. Um, also, just a quick transition to Brady and Bill. 
right now in the short term in the first seven weeks, I know it's it's funny to talk about, but I mean, it's it's fun week to week to see how it goes up and down on this roller coaster when Belichick wins a game or Brady wins a game and how they win the game, penalties, no penalties, like the whole, you know, the the Belichick and the Patriots they. They don't have, they had like the least amount of penalties and it's like, he's winning. And then Brady loses a game and he's like, oh man, now he's winning a game there. They kill the Packers and beats Aaron Rodgers and they look like they're at the top. What's your thoughts on this whole Brady Belichick back and forth? Is it exciting to you? Is it fun? Are you enjoying it? And can you call it now or do we have to wait longer? Oh, for sure. I love it. You know, being from, from New England and I actually live 10 minutes right from Foxborough. So I'm like pretty close to the, to the Pats over here. And, um, yeah, I think right now, you, you can't call it. There's no way you can call it. You won't be able to call it till after the season's over. And it's just funny, like you said, the, the NFL is such a, it's a week-to-week league, so people have really strong opinions every every single week, you know, depending on what happened the week before. And, you know, you got to give Brady the edge right now. Tampa Bay looks like a playoff team at worst and potentially even a title contender. And the Pats, as of right now, they don't, they look like maybe 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's not a really good place to be. But this is, I always thought this would kind of be a transition year for the Pats, so I'm not really kind of going to put this on, on them so much. I think if they, you know, if they make the playoffs and make a good playoff run, that's going to be overachieving and kind of beating expectations for this season. Um, but I think in the long term, you know, Bill has the upper edge because he has a lot more years to prove himself. Where Brady, you know, he has one or two years. If he wins a championship in his next one or two years, then you got to just... Then you can call it. Then you say it's Brady. He's then a goat. Then you say it's Brady he's, as a goat. <laughs> I mean, he's already the goat, but you can kind of settle the argument between Brady and Bill. But, yeah, um, and that's what there's been this whole, this whole uh, bright side to all of this that we can, you know, we're we're gonna get a chance to be able to see like who, who has success without the other, and you know how much will it actually matter in the end? You know, I mean, because Bill might not have success, but then we could look back and be like, well. Cam was broken or, you know, he got hurt and like halfway through the season, he never really didn't get another quarterback or because we can still kind of see Bill's remnants all over the field with the defensive players and the players that he's drafted and and stuff like that. It's tough for the coach. I think it's tougher for for Belichick to keep winning just because I mean, Brady put himself in a, in a decent situation. Yeah, a lot of people are dogging on him for choosing Tampa Bay. But at the same time, he went into an offense where it's catered to him. He went to a coach that was a a player coach and he went into an offense where he had you know amazing wide receivers good uh running back core and the defense was looking bright so and he played in a sunny area so i, th- yeah, for sh- I for think sure. i think for both of them it's you know years down we'll look back and it's just be a fun fun uh time to look at like this this little error that we have and we should just enjoy it and i think yeah i think it's too early to call like you said but it's going to be fun to see if one wins without the other and what the commentary will be afterwards yeah for sure. I mean, to me, they're both the GOATs. Like, he's the greatest coach of all time, and Brady's undoubtedly the best quarterback ever. So it's gonna, I think, like, what could happen is they can both, like, kind of prove it that they're both worth it. Like, Brady's probably not going to win a championship. Maybe he will. But even if he, you know, makes a good playoff run, he's kind of already proven that he's the GOAT, like, no matter what he does. Yeah, no matter what he does, because people have to remember, I mean, come on, it's it's difficult. It's difficult in any situation to win a Super Bowl. It's For so sure. hard. It is like one of the hardest things to do. And to get back to like, I remember Brandy talking about this in, a, in an interview one time when he won his first three. And over the years, it just took forever for him to win his fourth, you know, and, and 
he just spoke about how how difficult it is. He, you know, I thought it was just like a normal thing, but how many pieces you have to have in place, and how many people you have to have on board to buy into the system, buy into the product, and and have it go your way. Because NFL games are close. I love how a lot of people talk about uh, trash about certain teams. They're like, oh, that team's bad. That team's bad. But when you Come down to the wire. I, I don't know if you watch the NFL Red Zone, Caleb, but they call it the witching hour, and the games are won and lost in the final minutes. That's, that oh, is all I watch. <laughs> yeah, so in, in the final minutes of a game, like all these games get decided, and the mentally tough, mentally strong football teams normally win. I mean, that's that's how it that's how it happens. So I mean, these sure. games, it's such a competitive league. I think that's why everyone loves the NFL so much because it's so competitive. Yeah, it's definitely the the league that has the most parity uh, here in the U.S. At least the major leagues that I, that I. Uh, follow for sure for sure um all right so we'll just do a transition to talking about the nba a little bit season just wrapped up um lebron james and the la lakers win the championship within the bubble which i think was a very impressive feat you know that the season lasted almost over a year long um and now going into next season quickly we'll be short-minded here and go like how drastic the league could change just with the flick of a switch with the Greek freak, maybe leaving, going to another team, uh, rumors about the Warriors and some other, other teams, you know, and then Katie and Kyrie coming back into the season, playing on the, in the East coast against now going up against the heat and the Celtics. And then, you know, the Clippers having a, a chance to redeem themselves and come back and, and play in the West. And then you're talking about three or four super teams on the West side between Houston, which I, you know, probably the worst of the three, uh, the four, but you got the Clippers, Lakers, and, now the Warriors coming back full strength is from what we've seen in the teams that we've seen in the past couple of years, is this the Warriors, do they have to reprove themselves and establish themselves this season or are they still the team to beat automatically? Cause we know the product that we're going to get from them. I mean, to me, the team to be is definitely the Lakers going okay. forward. I don't think the Warriors, I mean, unless they got Giannis, then that changes everything, but the Warriors coming back with a, with a healthy Steph and a healthy clay, and Draymond and everybody back. I don't think they're the team to beat. Um, they're going to be really good, I think. But um, you got to give the Lakers kind of the upper hand there, being the, the reigning champs, having still the best player in the league in LeBron. Like, he proves everybody wrong every single year. And probably, honestly, probably the second best player in the league in AD. So they had the best duo. Um, to me, they had. To me, they actually had an easy road to the championship. The Clippers kind of choked. The Bucks choked. And they kind of just took care of business like they should have so so props to them for you know beating who was in front of them but i was kind of a disappointed that they didn't get to play the clippers in the playoffs nor the bucks in the finals i guess but um but yeah props to the lakers and next year i'm definitely excited for this coming season with the warriors coming back it's definitely the nets with kb and Kyrie. see what they can do and steve nash being the coach which is crazy yeah um the bucks there's so many storylines going into next year the bucks uh, Giannis is in his last year of his contract and you know he's going to get the question every single every single interview every single post game um, interview about are you like are you happy here are you going to stay here are you going to resign so that should be fun and annoying <laughs> yeah it's either either the Bucks know he's going to stay based on conversations but obviously something you can't trust and they'll try to make a move to get someone else into yeah, Milwaukee a, to play with him or he's leaving. I mean, right. I mean, why why would he stay there if no one's going to come play with him? It's like you're just looking at you're going you're about to go into your prime as far as age-wise 
and you know the time to win is now so you you've got to join right. up i mean that's what the nba is now you have to join up to win you got to go that's the thing go that's the thing about the nba They're, the small market teams just get to show them to the stick every single time cuz the big the big time players don't want to play there they want to go to the big um you know the teams who's going to spend up and give them the best chance to win absolutely and the bucks i mean they're good but they're going to be absolutely trash without giannis yeah. so and I don't see, like, that's not a place that people want to, like, free agents want to go and play. They don't want to go and play in, in Milwaukee, in Indiana, in OKC. You know, like, they want to go play in L.A., in, in Boston, and all those big, big market teams. Besides New York. What's another another minute to trash on New York real quick? The, yeah. <laughs> the Knicks are just, oh, my gosh, just a dumpster fire. So, the NBA wants them to be good so bad. but it's Oh, just, my gosh, so bad. I don't know just, how. I don't know how they've been this bad for that long being in that market, but owners, GM, people, yeah, dr- for sure. dreaming way too big. I don't, I don't know. And it starts it at the top for sure. Does and bad timing, you know, with, especially with drafts and taking the wrong player. It's always the same thing. Over, not even trying to build a culture. I mean, yeah, it's always at the top. It's it usually starts with the owner. It's why, in my personal opinion, Dallas Cowboys are are doomed before it even begins. I don't think they might make the playoffs like they've always done, but. Their owner now gets in the way, and they live in the past, which I've talked about on the podcast before. Right. But it's the same thing with the Knicks. It, they live in the past, you know? They're, they're living in, and they think that they're just a brand when they're nothing. They're literally nothing at this moment. So. Yeah, it's crazy. The Nets, the, I mean, the, not the Nets. The, the Nets actually did it right. They actually were able to build a good culture and get culture, um, Kyrie creativity. and get KD. Yeah. So, like, good for them. I know. I mean, I, I'm, didn't KD go to a meeting with both the both the Knicks and the Nets? And he just, I mean, coming out of it, like he was, just, it was like laughable the whole situation, how they treated him within the Knicks organization. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was an easy decision for him. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even just the brand, even like, uh, even just Jay Z being present with the Nets and and having that whole vibe and the way the court looks. They just even branding and marketing themselves and making sure building the stadium where they built it it's just a it's a good vibe and then you know attracting the players who are from the area i mean come on genius that's just Definitely. a great, great marketing plan for them i mean i feel like if the knicks were managed correctly they would be contenders like in the next couple of years they would be right up there because people it's so easy to get players to York. there if, yeah. if you do it right if you do it right um you gotta start with the jersey oh my god <laughs> just never have a good jersey as far as uh we can get get into the Nets just for a second here. Steve Nash is the coach, correct? Yeah. So Steve I hate, Nash. I hate, I hate trashing on Steve Nash because he's a, one of my all time favorite players. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's because you play like him. <laughs> got that long, had the hair. You got the, the long, long hair. hair. Yeah, and used to always throw you know some dimes to me and, and Burkhart down low. You know. Yep. <laughs> summer camp, but uh, so. I, I do like that signing and having Steve Nash and that that mind that brain he's a very very well versed point guard and, and knows this like basketball like like the back of his hand but it's something to me I just I can't get over I can't see Kyrie Irving and KD keeping it together long enough to win an NBA championship in the playoffs like I just even if they make the finals because the East will probably be easy I can see them beating the Celtics and the Miami Heat I just can't see them beating any of the Warriors teams or the Lakers teams, they've just got too much grit. And I don't know. I just feel like KD and Kyrie, are, they just, they're soft. They make too many, too many weak plays mentally. And they, they, they complain too much. Whereas LeBron is, 
he's a killer, man. And so, so are the Warriors. I mean, Draymond Green, Steph Curry plays like he's this this big badass, and he's just this like small little point guard who shoots threes, and he's he's feisty and Clay and and even Houston, like Westbrook and and the beard. They just they're just they're players that get after it, and I just don't see them ever. I don't ever see the Nets. Although I, I'm happy, or I can I can give them credit for marketing themselves correctly, but at the same time, with that team, I don't think that they can do it here going forward. So for me, they're ruled out, and I think that the East altogether for the for the seeable future, unless as he changes, the East is not going to win a championship. Yeah, for sure. I I kind of disagree, honestly, on the Nets front. I I have bigger expectations for them this season with KD and Kyrie coming back fully healthy. Um, to me. I know everyone gives crap to KD, but to me, he's also he's also a killer. You see him play in the he finals, and, and he he takes it to LeBron. He doesn't back down. He you know, and a couple of those uh, Warrior series they won because of KD. Like KD brought it. He was the MVP both championships, and deservedly so as well. Yeah, and and I definitely agree with that. But at the same time, for me, when it push comes in, he's not and he's not going to have Curry and some of those other players behind him while doing it. I just don't think. Uh, seeing what I've seen from OKC and the types of players he played with there and then going back to playing with a player like Kyrie, I just don't think he's going to have the support. It's really not KD that I don't trust. It's more of Kyrie that I don't trust. Yeah, um, for Kyrie, I, I'm also expecting big things from Kyrie. I know he, he, left, he left Boston on a very sour, sour note, so there's, a, there's also that, <laughs> that little um, yeah, he can go feud straight. right there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I, I'm expecting big things from Kyrie. He also has proven in the past that he can play with a top-level superstar like KD. Like, you know, he was obviously teammates with LeBron and won a championship, hit the game-winning shot, um, pretty much in that in that finals. Um, and and I think actually the Nets do have a pretty good supporting cast with um, a couple of players there with Dinwiddie and Levert, and uh, they got Jordan, DeAndre Jordan, who's who's pretty good. He's not he's not as good as he used to be, but I think they they have a pretty solid cast around them but you know i'll be looking for them to obviously make a move see who, if they get anyone else in free agent free agency um to kind of boost their team up but i think they're right up there in the east the east to me is wide open yes with, uh the Nets, yeah, the like celtics I, like i said i think they're gonna win the east i think that they have the talent too much talent on that team i don't right the celtics need to mature i mean it's clearly on display the past couple of years they you can't like even for jimmy butler Jimmy Butler's in his prime. He's hitting his 30s. I mean, we've seen it over... We've watched the NBA now for over 15 years. We've kind of seen the trend. Once you hit your 30s, you start winning championships. It's the same thing over and over again. You know, having Jason Tatum win at his young age is just... I mean, it's a pipe dream. I mean, yeah, we can have fun. I'm always going to support him, but then I'm not going to be too... Some people are so... Like, just overreact when the Celtics lost. And it's like, oh, well, it's like, well, you know... Young players don't win in the. And it would have been you would have lost in the NBA Finals anyway. So really, it's not that big of a deal. I know it's a long term, term thing with Danny Ainge and people. Oh, does he make the right decisions? Does he make the, the best moves? I mean, I think he does. It's just basketball. You have to be patient sometimes. You have to wait, and then the pieces have to be there at the perfect time because big stars dominate the league. That's just how the NBA is, and it's all about timing. Yeah, definitely. I think the Celtics to me, they're they're going to be good, but they're a couple years away from really contending for a championship, I think, especially because they're kind of, you know, they're kind of hamstrung by Gordon and his contract. They can't really add another, like, top-level player. Um, You know, that injury to Gordon kind of just messed everything up for them in the the near future because he really hasn't been the same player since that injury. 
And, you know, Tatum and Brown, they got to continue playing, uh, you know, continue improving, getting better. And Tatum, you know, Tatum really got to take that next step and be, you know, that one of those top 10 NBA players and which is, which kind of take why, the Celtics. Which is why I take all this stuff as good making the playoffs. You know, I, I just I take it all as good, healthy things for them to go through, even making it as far as they did. And some people look at like, oh, they lost the heat. You know, they need to like change everything and do this. It's like, no, it's like, guys, they're, they're young talent, like super talent. Like for sure. Jason Tatum could be, you know, a, one of the big stars of the league. You just got to be a little patient with him. He's very young. Right. Definitely. They're like I said, I think they're a few years away and yeah. maybe another big piece or two. Exactly. I mean, so. I, I wish every day that we got a, a Anthony Davis, but oh man, that would have been it right there. <laughs> but I guess he didn't want to come because he saw the way that they treated Isaiah Thomas, and his dad didn't want him to go there, or whatever. Which I, which which sucks that that's the you know what he takes from it, and not seeing right. you know what we had to do at the time we were going to get Kyrie. So I mean, any any other person on the planet would have made that deal. So it's a, a cold blooded league. They it gotta, is. They did the right. They made the right move, but they, like looking at it from a personal. You know, like if you want to put your feelings into it, it's obviously not a good look for the Celtics. But you know, they had to do what they had to do. I exactly. I don't blame them for making that deal. Because where's Isaiah Thomas now? Yeah, nowhere. And he went nowhere after that. He never exactly. had another. Yeah. Barely even had. I don't even know if he had any great game post. No, not really. Boston Celtics. No, not really. He got hurt. He got hurt. He had got like a hurt. injury that kind of just struggled. Derailed. Yeah, I wonder if even the Celtics knew he was dealing with injuries too. And no, I mean, they knew. They, yeah, they, they knew. had to have known. And all right, so to wrap this up, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about fantasy and some of your tactics if you want to just get into some of your picks. I know you don't probably have that much longer, so give your your best spiel on fantasy football and some of your tactics. All right, sure thing. Um, So I guess one of the biggest strategies that I usually do in all my leagues is I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier is I kind of wait on quarterback and. I stream quarterbacks is kind of the term that's used there, where you kind of just play the matchups. You draft the quarterback super late, and you play, you know, basically on week to week, you pick the best quarterback that's on the waiver wire, depending on the matchup they have. Like this past week, I played Kirk Cousins in a bunch of leagues, and he did pretty well because he was playing the Falcons, and he was available in almost every every league I'm in in the waiver wire. He was there. Um, and that kind of frees you up to kind of load up on running back and wide receiver because those are the those are the positions that really win win you the league I think um, especially running back there's always so many injuries to running back so loading up in running back is a it's a really important thing I think yeah and in December uh, in those those final games of the season running backs are huge oh yeah which people sure. tend to always forget for sure definitely so that's kind of one of the strategy I have depending on the league I'm in and the players that I'm playing with that kind of know the other people I'm playing with. And a lot of people, they like, they just love taking quarterbacks. They love quarterbacks. So, you know, in our league, I, I took Mahomes super early with the like 100% intention of trading him, which I did. I traded him like early on for mm-hmm. um, Devontae Adams. And I picked uh, Josh Allen super late in the draft. I think like 10th, 11th round, I got Josh Allen. And he's one of the top quarterbacks right now. So, um, yeah, kind of little things like that is something I always do. It's kind of wait on quarterback because at the end of the year, if you look at top 10 quarterbacks and the, the points that the number one quarterback scored and the number 10 quarterback scored, it's not that different. It's like not a huge discrepancy where you need really need to load up on, on quarterback early on in the draft at least. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for 
everyone who's listening to this, I mean, there's never give up either. Always make moves. You can see how Caleb's speaking, like he's always looking at things and not just have like staple players, like a part of your team. So like you're playing the quarterback as like uh, something a week to week basis if you have to and load up on running backs. It's a very active thing. I think a lot of people going into fantasy football who are just like beginners and learners, they think, oh, I'm going to draft my team. And if my best player gets hurt, it's the end of the season. And that's just a mentality I try to always speak upon to get people out of that mode where it's, you know, it's forever always changing in fantasy football. So I'm I'm in a decent position. I had a really bad week last week. So to kind of like Debbie down on the points that we're making to people listening to the show when you're dealing with fantasy football, I had Christian McCaffrey, who's been hurt, you know, pretty much the entire beginning part of the season. He played the first couple of games and then got hurt. Right. And I had, uh, a few, you know, just a, I had to plug in other people, and David Johnson is not really someone I wanted to have just because he switched teams. That usually is not a good thing, picking someone in the second, you know, first year on a new team. I had to plug in holes, and I'm still in second place in my division. I've put up a decent amount of points. I'm still can be, you know, at the top of my game and have uh, a good spot to win the league. And I'm buying myself time until Christian McCaffrey comes back. And that's why it's important to load up on running backs and wide receivers early instead of picking that running back. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I guess, yeah, don't, that mentality of not giving up, playing the wave of wire, trying to make trades. You know, if for more casual players, you may, like they may not want to do that. And, you know, if you're in a league with some casual players that are going to, like, kind of coast or just kind of, you know, not pay too much attention, then that gives you the chance to kind of creep up on people. And um, even, actually, in our league, I'm, I'm only two and four, so I'm kind of clawing my way back. I got to win this past week, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I'm obviously not giving up, and I actually really like my team. I think I have a pretty solid, pretty solid squad, top to bottom. So I'm hoping to make a comeback and retain my title for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we also play in a keeper league with a specific set of rules, and winning is is important. Even if you don't win the whole thing, uh, winning your division or scoring the most amount of points in the league matters. So you have some of those rules set up in your fantasy football league. We have a five year keeper league and specific rules to it. So. You set up those things that kind of motivates you to, you know, keep trying to as the year goes on. Some people flake out, but for us, it's, you know, it's a thing you're trying to project for multiple years, so it keeps you interested. So I always tell yeah. people, even if it's do two or three years inside of a league, it just it heightens it even better. So, um, I mean, that was some pretty good stuff, pretty good information. Caleb is, I call him the guru now. He's going to be the guru of fantasy football. Just the amount of times I've been playing with him for years, he always... Uh, I remember way back, Caleb, we played in the league, the Yahoo League. And I remember, uh, I can't even remember some of the people that were in it, but I remember, I think it was back when Nick played with us as well, like way back. It was a Yahoo Fantasy Football League. And I remember you just dominating everyone week to week, just crushing people. And I mean, I know he's, you know, he, Caleb's just a very quiet guy. He's not going to be, you know, say, say how good he is at something. But Caleb is very impressive in fantasy football. So much so that I'll tease you a little bit. He's also a computer science major. And he does some really cool things. And he's got cool things coming down the line. Can't share any of that information now. But I love having conversations with Caleb for technology reasons and computer science. I actually just entered into a computer science degree at a, at a university as well. And just a brilliant kid, brilliant mind. And uh, I thank you so much for coming on the show, Caleb, and giving your takes and your picks, talking a little NBA, NFL. Thank you for coming on the show. And I, I don't, I didn't ask you this before, but maybe you already have something. Do you have like a quote or anything that you live by? I should have, I should have prepped you for this because I, I forgot to say it to you. But do you have anything? 
I actually yeah, I do have something. So I have been listening to your podcast, so I know you you usually ask for a quote. Yeah. Um so I just I actually thought about this like right before we got on and I had I just have something on my desktop here on my computer that is a quote I really like by Bruce Lee and you know it's it's related to sports, so I thought I'll just share it. Perfect. And it goes like this. I fear not the man who has practiced ten thousand kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick ten thousand times. Ooh. And that to me that's pretty deep. You know, if you want to be great, just focus in on what you should be great at. And, you know, don't try to do everything because you're not going to be good at everything. You know what I mean? As usual, great advice, great wisdom. And I really appreciate you again coming on the show. I love that quote. I'm going to listen back to that and, 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 and meditate on that one. Thanks so much, man, for coming on the show. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, appreciate it. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thanks, projectors, for listening to our show. You can catch us on Facebook, Instagram. Any of the major outlets, uh, either Spotify or Apple, tell your friends about it if you like Boston local sports or any national sports. I'm also still looking for people to come on to share their inspirational stories about their uh, any type of uh, sport they do, whether it be running, biking, mountain climbing, anything unique with a wheelchair, uh, games or something like that. Um, I'm also going to have a, a guest on. We're going to be talking about... Uh, weapons in, in uh, competitive shooting and, and something like that along those lines. His name is Harrington. I work with him and he's going to come on the podcast. We're going to talk about that and a little bit of a competitive shooting. And he's he's also a very brilliant kid and a, he's like an encyclopedia. He just memorizes an insane amount of information. So he's very detailed with uh, uh, weapons and specifically handguns. So that will be a really fun conversation to have him on. And uh, thanks guys for listening to the show. Really appreciate it. Take care.